0: Welcome to Syntalk. The Syntalkers around the table today discuss the decisions of groups. We'll think about groups and collectives and how they decide. When and why are crowds smarter or dumber than individuals? Why is it often difficult to infer from individual choices what a group wants? Do sizes and types of groups and nature of decisions matter? How do human and non-human social animals decide in emergencies? When do group decisions lead to polarization? Can individuals decide without groups at all? Might individually sane decisions sometimes lead to irrational outcomes? Is it a good idea to have prediction markets for everything? And what is the long term future of group decision making? We are pleased and privileged to have three sin talkers with us here today. Professor Arunav Sen, he is an economic theorist and is with Indian Statistical Institute in New Delhi. Professor Narayanan Srinivasan, he is a cognitive scientist and is with the Centre of Behavioural and Cognitive Sciences, University of Allahabad. And Dr TNC Vidya, she is with the Evolutionary and Organismal Biology Unit at GNC-ASR in Bangalore. So I don't know, why don't we set the ball rolling with you um, with a somewhat simple or difficult question we'll see how it goes of why is it difficult to translate individual choices into group choices so if there are 50 people, 100 people, 200 people with a bunch of preferences let's say ordered preferences why is it difficult to go from that kind of a state to deciding what the group might want or how we might infer the group wants? I mean, there's no such thing as a group really in some sense but why don't we start with that hypothetical question and see where we go.
1: Okay, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So this is the domain of what uh, is often called uh, social choice theory. So mm-hmm. what we're interested in is the mapping from individual preferences to group preferences, a, a sort of a mathematical relationship between these two, which is captured in the form of, of a function. hmm and um so, what do you mean when you say function? So it's something which takes in as an input the ranking that individuals have over a set of candidates. And what it outputs is let's say the the ranking of that group of individuals. And sure. we want the ranking of the group to somehow reflect the the diverse preferences of its constituents
0: so in a way the question is how does one come up with that function
1: how does one come up with that function right, right. so uh, and what's a good way to what's you know what's a good function for instance That's uh, right. crudely speaking so right. so this was investigated by by uh, by Ken arrow and and it's uh, you know there's a beautiful mathematical result called arrow's theorem mm-hmm. Which says, uh, you know, the message is 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 the following: that there is that there is no good way to do it, mm-hmm. and uh, therefore it, the impossibility. Yes, and, and 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 let me explain just very briefly uh, what the two requirements of this group decision aggregator is, uh, or you know, two uh, conditions that this aggregator should satisfy. Mm-hmm. The first and, and, and clearly the most important one is called uh, independence of irrelevant alternatives. So the idea is that if we have, as if the group wishes to decide on, let's say, between two alternatives or two candidates, mm-hmm. then only the individual opinions on these two candidates matter, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. this is both a, a requirement of simplicity mm-hmm. uh, as well as... Um, You know, general desirability. You don't want outside, uh, you know, things outside the agenda to influence.
0: But how? uh, So, is is the operative word here two or how would that uh, differ uh, if there were nine uh, options?
1: Well, that's fine. I mean, uh, you could require it for 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 any subset. Sure. But 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 at least two. Sure. Right. So any pair, and and the other one is just some unanimity condition which says look if everybody thinks that alternative A is better than alternative B then society should also prefer the output the group of that should, function yeah, should also be should the respect same respect unanimity hmm. and, and the incredible result is that the only group aggregator which satisfies this is the one which is dictatorial, i.e., there exists one individual whose preferences actually have to reflect are, are in fact the group's preferences. So it overrides everyone else. Yeah. So there is no way to non-trivially aggregate, right? If you, if you. And 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 Arunav, this is irrespective of the number of options. Uh, there must be at least three, so three and more. If it's two, then as you can see, the first axiom independence is trivially satisfied. So right. all kinds of any decision that you take will be fine. Right. But if there are three, as soon as you have three alternatives, mm-hmm. then uh, we have uh, impossibility. So there are, uh, you know, people have thought about this in many ways. So, how, you know, does it mean that all group decision making is is uh is doomed uh Absolutely. the, the, the yeah. answer is 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 no and and uh, you know it, it depends on 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 many things on on for instance what information you want to feed in uh um uh, for instance, uh, do you want intensity of preferences? So this framework, the Arrow framework, is an ordinal framework. So people can only decide whether they like A to B or B to A, or they think they're both equally good.
0: But one could ascribe weightages to them and to say that I prefer yes. this 50% more than the 50%
1: next 50% more than, uh, or uh, twice as much. I like uh, A to B uh, twice as much as I like C to D. And, and when two different individuals so mildly like, strongly like and stuff like that strongly like and and somehow uh, you know that these things are 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 real you know so I so can does, trade does off this solve
0: it in any, in any way
1: yes then you can solve it I mean for instance then you can for instance uh, have intensities of preferences and, and so on but does the arrow impossibility still stand well the arrow impossibility absolutely stands because it assumes <laughs> that what is uh, being fed into the uh, you know to the domain of the mapping if you will are these rankings but now if you feed in you know have richer information then then people uh, you know then there is some way to aggregate whether that is satisfactory or not is is you know is it is a different matter and and i might say that if you now introduce the strategic element in it in which case uh, you know the element for instance that uh, you know the the you know, you're able to misrepresent the intensity with which you, rep, you know, with which you they can rely on deception, then, all of that. Uh, you know, then it makes the matter very problematic because I can exaggerate. I have another dimension to play around with. I can we'll not only say that, that, I okay, I think good. that that's okay. an
0: interesting dimension. But if we stay on that question, Narayanan, is there, would you kind of broadly be in similar territory about inferring no. group decisions no, from individual fine. ones the
2: only thing i wanted to add or check about it is that usually we take decisions to have we have some goal in mind right. certain actions that we want to perform yeah so whichever way you aggregate the whether the aggregation is good or bad or its effectiveness is going to determine with what you end up with so if i am uh, if the group wants to survive for example as long as the group survives it is not a question of which aggregation method is better as yes. simon said we just need to satisfy right and given individuals are bounded rational and one would think group is also bounded rational perhaps mm-hmm. then the important issue is as long as the particular method enables us to survive or perform certain kind of actions or achieve certain kind of goals that the group has in mind.
0: So you're saying even if you don't know it for a fact that mathematically this is the best possible function, if you broadly get the outcome that you're looking for, then it should be okay?
2: Yes. In fact, I think that's what happens in reality as well. Yeah. But
0: are there other are situations, uh, Narayanan, when the group ends up being dumber or smarter, dramatically dumber or dramatically smarter than individuals? Yes,
2: there is some evidence in certain situations. uh, Prediction markets is something you mentioned uh, as an example of where uh, groups uh, are better than individuals. And I mean, the wisdom of crowds books, you get the example of going back to Francis Galt and averaging uh, estimates uh, by a population, which is better than any individual uh, estimate. So groups definitely uh, in certain situations can be better than uh, individuals. So, so what's the what's the certain
0: there? So for what kind of decisions, for what kind of groups, or what kind of uh, problems is it better?
3: Uh, I think it would depend on the social organization of the species. Mm-hmm. So uh, animals have a choice of either making a single decision when they live in groups or making different kinds of decisions. So sometimes you have a group that can just split up into subgroups in fission-fusion societies. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the problem just goes away. They don't have to make a single decision. But uh, when they have to make a single... So you're saying there
0: doesn't need to be a consensus decision always. Yeah, Hmm. yeah.
3: But in other kinds of uh, societies where the group is fixed and everybody has to live together, they have to make a single decision. Such as what? So, for instance, if they have to find a particular place to forage... Uh, You could have situations uh, where bees go out and swarm, try to find a new location where they nest. Right. In these cases, uh, the group decision might be better than individual decisions uh, because I think
0: here the assumption is that everybody knows. uh, So there is aggregation of information happening here. Is that why it's better? Is that because one individual doesn't know as much as the group does? It's simply a question of knowledge and it being a lot more in the in the context of the group.
3: Yeah, in in the uh, case of the bee swarming, you have scout bees that go out and find different locations. Mm-hmm. They come back and they communicate that location through the dance language. But it turns out that every individual stops dancing after a while. And some individuals also change allegiance and start dancing about new locations. Right. So eventually there is a consensus. So, so there's some kind a of a aged...
0: convergence towards one... Hmm.
3: Exactly. So there is a consensus eventually. But uh, these group decisions would be better than individual decisions only when there's incomplete information and uh, individuals are uh, more similar to one another in terms of how much information they can get. But you could have other long So these bee species. colonies
0: are reasonably non-hierarchical? Is is that why it works? You, you you brought in the element of how they're socially structured, so what's uh-huh. the angle there? Uh,
3: the In the bee colony, the colony is a unit of selection. Hmm. Uh, So everybody is uh, descended from a queen bee and they are all related to each other. These workers cannot reproduce on their own. So the colony is the unit of selection there. But if you look at other species which are longer lived, uh, say primates or elephants. But there's no
0: equivalent of a dictator in some of these colonies who kind of overrides and takes a decision on behalf of the whole group.
3: Not with the workers. In some sense, the queen is a dictator because she lays the eggs. But uh, the workers are the ones who go out and look for locations that they would set up their new nest in. But if we look at longer-lived species, uh, there are differences in how much information different individuals can have. Mm -hmm. So a more experienced animal or an older animal may be able to make better decisions than younger animals. And in those cases, a group decision may not necessarily be better than a single individual taking the decision but again there it would depend on social structure Uh, it depends on whether the society itself is egalitarian or whether there is a dominance hierarchy
0: so again there is knowledge and information asymmetry in a way right i mean the the more experienced person happens to know a lot more and that's the
2: it may also make sense to think in terms of the kinds of problems that groups have to solve right So in cases where everybody independently makes an estimate or votes in an election, for example, uh, that's one kind of a decision problem that we have. Yeah. But when we work in an organization, for example, we have not all of us uh, have the same kinds of information or expertise, but our problem to solve is usually a coordination problem Mm -hmm. that we all need to coordinate ourselves, which is actually the kind of example that… Vidya gave about the bees. It's more of a coordination problem where different people do different things. So coordination problem
0: being that you split the task up into subtasks? Do you mean it in that sense? It could
2: be, depends on on a kind of expertise they have. So here, the kinds of expertise the scouts have, um, so even the queen bee doesn't have or doesn't do that. Sure. So it's quite possible that by nature uh, we have certain expertise or capabilities or in the case of culture, we all, uh, different people in an organization may have different kinds of expertise. Sure. And they all coordinate themselves so that they sell something or they achieve a goal, win a war, or whatever the kinds of goals organization has. So what would you say are different kinds of problems? What are you, what do is, you have uh, in mind? So you have problems which some people call cognition problems, like voting, making a one estimate, everybody is making the same estimate. That's one kind of an issue. Then you have coordination problems where a bunch of people come together, coordinate, and to achieve a group goal. Mm -hmm. Then we also have cooperation problems that we try to cooperate with each other so that we achieve uh, certain common goals that uh, society or groups uh, may have. And different kinds of processes or methods may happen in each of these situations. And this conclusion that we come up with for one kind of a problem may or may not generalize to all kinds of problems.
1: I just wanted to say that Arrow's theorem is a mathematical theorem, right? There, I mean, it's, uh, so uh, so there's no question about its validity. Uh, we may have a different problem in mind. Uh, uh, so let me also point out. Uh, I mean, what is uh, you, you know what is being addressed here? So suppose there are three alternatives. Mm-hmm. Now, each individual knows his or her personal ranking. I think, Narayanan, what you were saying is, or even what Vidya, you were saying, is that you don't know, you know, you're relying on some information from outside to figure out whether you like A to B or to C, you know, where food is. Which breaks is and the so
0: independence on. point that you were No, no, so this is not
1: the, yeah. So, so, so here we are assuming that you know, right? So suppose the three of us want to make a trip. Uh, you know, we can go to Delhi, we can go to Bangalore, or we can go to Allahabad. Right, and each of us has a different ranking of these alternatives. In mm-hmm. fact, let's say that there are no ties. There are, you know, there are six uh, ways to rank these three alternatives. And mm-hmm. what we want is that we want some output at the end of it, which says how is our ranking over. These three alternatives. So all, of,
0: all, all of us collectively want to decide what we have decided. What is the social yes.
1: ordering of these three places, Delhi, Bangalore, or for whatever, whatever. criterion it is? Sure. I mean, it it's, it's irrelevant. So so in fact, there's just an astronomical number of possibilities. You know, our own orderings. You know, there are six ways to order three objects. You know, six. You know, ways to. To, to arrange these objects, and and so there are the input is uh, uh, you know is two hundred and sixteen, and for each of those two hundred and sixteen, we can associate one ordering, right? So so the number of possible uh, possibilities is actually six to the power of two hundred and sixteen, which is an astronomically large number. Now each one of them is an aggregator each one of them is an aggregator but what arrow's theorem is saying that virtually none of them satisfy this independence axiom you may well say the independence axiom is not an interesting axiom that's yeah. that's perfectly that's a perfectly legitimate thing in fact most ways that we normally that we make decisions uh, may not satisfy uh, it's a rather odd thing that we have to choose between going to to Delhi or Allahabad, uh, our preferences over Bangalore might figure in that, right? So, yeah. so it seems a you know somewhat odd thing, but it has to, right? So, so that's the content of Aristotle. There are there are actually six to the power of two hundred and sixteen ways to make uh, uh, you, you know to describe so an. So tell aggregator. me, now, how
0: does it work? Like, what are these functions like? So, if we just say that, all right, I mean, with maybe a situation of three to four is astronomical or complex enough, but if there were to be thousands of people or millions of people. (laughs) then obviously it gets very, very crazy. So then do simple heuristics or methods like saying, okay, let's just do... And and in simple situations where we're just doing ordered... Yes, yes, simple. So
1: most common methods are what's called scoring methods. We Mm -hmm. give... uh, If there are three alternatives, we give two to the best, one to the second best, none to... But even those
0: scores are arbitrary, aren't they?
1: Yes. So, so that's called. You know, and all of them have names. You know, famous people have proposed voting rules, aggregation rules, in, in including, uh, you know, Lewis Carroll, the 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 writer of Alice in Alice Wonderland. 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 There is a rule called the Dodson rule, which he proposed. So, virtually, uh, you know, all of us at the end of this conversation can come up with uh, an interesting way of aggregation. You know, an interesting. But are, are all of them equally good or bad? No, right? All of them will violate independence unless it's dictatorial. So that's the surprising part of Arrow's theorem.
0: But, right? but, that's but, the... but all the non-dictatorial options are not equally good or bad, right? So are there... They, are may, there... Have
1: other, they may have other merits. They may have other merits. And sure. each one will have a merit, but they will all violate independence. Which what's seems... wrong with majority if you just... Okay, so that's that leads us to what's called the Condorcet Paradox. Hmm. If we have majority voting, then we may cycle endlessly. So if there are three... People, for instance, the three of us, and you're and you the, sure. I, you know, the person in charge of the aggregation. Then we will report preferences such that a majority like A to B, mm-hmm. a majority like B to C and a majority likes C to A. So if we were presented with a choice between A, B, and C, we would be uh, cycling endlessly. We would be unable to choose because a majority prefers. If you say, I propose A, then a majority will say, but we like B. If you say, let's have B, then a majority will say, a different majority will say, well, we like C to B. And if (laughs) if you say C, then a majority will say, let's go back to A. So that's the problem. Let me also say that there is, just returning to a point which both of you made
0: happens because you end up picking the majority option yes yes why? because
1: i can give you preferences such that the you know the majority is a cycle in fact there's a there's a more general result called the McGarvey result, which says that if you give me an arbitrary graph on on uh, a directed uh, arbitrary directed graph on on n nodes, I can generate preferences such that the majority relationship agrees exactly with this graph. So, so what does
0: one do? What does one do? So if majority so
1: does that that majority decision making can be completely chaotic. You know you know A is preferred to B, B is preferred to C, D is preferred to C, C A, B, whatever, any 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 kind of arbitrary things that you want to you, you know you want to postulate, you can actually generate individual preferences. So then there have to generate... be
0: non-voting mechanisms, right? Because I mean you, you can't really have consensus decision making through voting. Because... You can,
1: all it's saying is that there can be bizarre situations scannerized. If if we are very lucky, we have complete unanimity. Decision making is very simple. We all agree that we should do this, then that's no problem. How, but that- how
0: simple is getting to unanimous decisions, Narayanan?
2: Well, I'm not sure whether we want or we even need unanimous decisions. Certainly. Because uh, on the one hand, you will get unanimous decisions when everybody thinks the same way. Right. But <laughs> then why we need a group in the first place, if it is the case everybody is going to give the same answer. We need the group, uh, to be honest, because... There will be dissimilarity, there will be different kinds of expertise, and we want to make use of these differences in groups. In fact, groups work, uh, at least in experimental literature, only when there is dissimilarity in the group. The Mm -hmm. more similar the group is, then you actually have groups not performing very well at all. Because they can be approximated to the individuals there. That's one aspect. The other thing is that each one of them, so you mentioned uh, polarization as an example. Sure. So groups which are identical, uh, if they start talking to each other, so somebody who is mildly for something after talking to everybody actually goes towards an extreme position as Cass Sunstein and many others have argued, that you actually so if you end put up similar with, people together after deliberations, they they become more polarized. Hmm. They go towards the extreme, uh, and uh, that's uh, and that makes it very difficult for uh, one to come up with uh, good decisions.
1: So, so, Narayan is talking about a different problem. I'm talking about a much simpler problem, actually. <laughs> so, he's talking about the problem where preferences are actually evolving. Right. I'm talking about preferences being fixed. And then how you how aggregate do you them. get
0: to a group aggregate? But yeah. there is
1: another uh, there is another problem which I think both of you alluded to earlier, which I just want to make a brief mention. Which is the case again where where we don't know what true preferences are, but we receive a signal, right? So so so, so revealed so, preference. Sorry. Well, I mean, Not I really get a signal. I, I mean, I don't know whether restaurant A is better than restaurant B, but I, each of us receives, let's say, an independent signal, and I read reviews. And so on and so forth, and 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 in in some sense, yeah. I I'm, I'm learning, right? And so this is another kind of model which Condorcet developed. And here, what he said was, you know, let's uh, you know aggregating opinion is a you know by for instance by 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 looking at majority, that's the wisdom of the crowd, right? Mm-hmm. So each of us is getting an independent signal. If we aggregate. The group is is actually uh, better informed than the individual, and, and there is a value to groups. Now, there's one caveat here. Again, why does it work? it's a different model from the Aerovian model. You don't know what your true preferences are. Your signal is giving you some information about whether one restaurant is better than the other, right? Sure. So I don't know whether this restaurant... I'll know only if I go and eat the food there. Sure. But now the interesting thing, the the, the again, the complication here is that... W- you know there are circumstances where I might not wish to. I may be strategic about the way that I uh, use my signal. For instance, if 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 I see that a lot of people are lining up in front of one restaurant and the other restaurant line is 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 virtually uh, that restaurant is vacant, sure. and I have received a signal that that restaurant is better than the one, then I'll say you know i must have received a bad signal i, I mean and yeah. i will abandon my... so that leads to what's called herd behavior yeah. in which you abandon your own uh, information and because you feel that it's more likely that the others have received the correct signal and i have received the wrong signal so that's so those are all complications
2: yeah no herd behavior um, is an interesting area and we'll come to you with yeah, that yeah i mean another uh, terminology that is used in the literature in uh, in social psychology for example is social confirmation which mm-hmm. is exactly Uh, what was discussed. And interestingly enough, one of the signals that at least humans uh, give uh, are emotions, that we use our own emotions. When we like something, we say something or we smile at it. If we don't like something, we will show a face of disgust. We frown when somebody says something that is not our preference or we want to move people away from that particular option. So we use our own emotions. But does the social confirmation have a very strong weight? Uh, experiments have shown that, yes, they do. Uh, in fact, uh, in cases where... Uh, uh, people have done very simple trivial experiments even where a bunch of people stand on the side of the road and just look at the sky (laughs) and people come and then just because 10 or 15 of them are doing something they're just looking at it they also look at it and thinking something will be there maybe there is something to see there (laughs) Uh, So, Why does it happen? Well it's because uh, from their perspective uh, and I think from an evolutionary perspective it makes sense because if the group does have some information, they are all doing something, then the individual thinks maybe there is something informating there. It's worthwhile. Why would anybody, the group, uh, do something where everybody is doing something which is so stupid?
0: So are human beings essentially so, herd animals?
2: Uh, not, well, in you a can, sense... Not in a
0: very strong uh, sense, maybe.
2: But well, we are social animals. Uh, and I, I think we are, herd, animal are animals herd animals. Are all social animals herd
0: animals? You know what I mean. Because you could be socially configured for a variety of reasons and uh, you know, it it may just have to do with utilitarian reasons, but it it it
3: depends on uh, why animals are social in the first place. Yes. Uh, Animals might be social because they uh, reduce their chance of being preyed upon. They may be social because they want to rear uh, offspring together. Right. Uh, They want, they, it might be advantageous to be social because you can gain new information. Uh, the kinds of animals So these are reasons
0: of survival
3: and reproduction. Right. The animals that are uh, social because they want to avoid predation are usually more of a herd animal than the others. And uh, Hamilton showed that you can have the formation of groups just because of the selfish interests of individuals and Because these individuals would gain from using other individuals as shields against predators. Right. So you can...
0: uh, In a way, you almost work against the rest of the group, right? When you work in your self-interest.
3: You are trying to preserve yourself and you try to get to the center of the group. Yeah. Uh, And therefore, you get the group being formed because you're using other individuals as shields against predators. And everybody is trying to do that. Uh, So when you have this kind of a... Uh, an advantage by reducing predation, it helps to be
0: a herd And animal. really massive herds can get formed, right? Yeah, Just through exercises of that nature, like wild beasts and others. Yeah. Are there non-social animals with there?
3: There are non-social animals. Uh, I mean, There are many animals that are solitary. Hmm. Uh, but I think what's interesting with these social animals that form herds is also that because there is an advantage to survival by being in that group, I think uh, it is natural that they show these kinds
0: of behaviors but when you go around in groups don't you almost increase the chance of being preyed upon because Not from, from individually. the pers- perspective of the predator no. one gets the probability point so if there's a herd of 100 or 100 herd of 200 and there's a lion or something there and is looking mm-hmm. to hunt one mm-hmm. then sure you play the probability game yeah but so equally when you're together you also attract interest don't you
3: yeah but you can swamp the predator by right being in a group with very large numbers if you look at termites, for example, when you have termite aliats coming out of the ground, uh, there are thousands of them coming out on a single night. You find crows, miners, and owls just waiting at the entrance and <laughs> eating them. But after a while, they're just staggering around and they can't eat anymore. And there are still termites coming out.
0: Right. That's interesting. One of the points I want to go back to Narayanan is, The question of emotion that you brought up in a slightly different context, but if we think of it in the context of risk and risk aversion, um, does coming together in group, we discuss the point of polarization and what happens to opinions and so on and so forth, but purely from a decision-making action standpoint, does it do something to the risk aversion
2: or risk preference? Nobody has preference for risk, but... uh, well, early experiments have shown that uh, uh, just like we discussed, polarization hmm. happens in the case of risk aversion. So, you put a, a bunch of risk averse individuals or m- minor risk averse individuals together. And they become more risk averse. And, and if you let them deliberate, then they will become more risk averse. <laughs> and similarly, those who are uh, have some minor risk preference, you put them together, then they will gravitate towards uh, being very uh, risk preference themselves. Uh, so that kind those kinds of processes do occur. Uh, so the only thing is that which people suggest, as far as groups for effectively work together, mm-hmm. it's important to have diversity. Uh, so one way to work around it uh, is to have diversity in your groups so that you get uh, even minority points of view. So studies, for example, with juries have shown even if you have one juror with a minority point of view it helps the jury to make a more nuanced or better decisions. And uh, we have all seen 12 angry men. Uh, all of us. Men. Uh, <laughs> so while it may not be that extreme uh, where everybody gets convinced the other way, but it does help to have diversity in groups and also the fact that they have some amount of independence as well. So if they all uh, lack independence, So ants, for example, which go in a circle, keep going on in a circle. So you have to have some amount of independence in addition to diversity for groups to work effectively and take. But again, it depends on the
0: goal, doesn't it, Narayanan? So um, if everybody has the same goal, then I'm not really sure I understand what independence means in this context.
2: No, the the goal they may share, but how to reach the goal usually they will have different points of view. So everybody in an, a company may have the goal that companies should make profit, but the methods through which they want to achieve, uh, they may differ quite strongly. Similarly, in an institution, in an educational institution, or any kind of organization, even when we have similar goals, we will disagree on the method that we need to follow to achieve those goals. And having different possible methods and having diversity of opinion usually helps because that also ensures that you don't get polarized that much, which will happen or the probability of it occurring is more if you have a more homogeneous group.
3: Isn't uh, diversity related to independence though? In what sense? The more diverse your group is, you probably ensure that you have independent opinions. If your group is not so diverse, you probably have dependent opinions.
1: The idea is not to ignore diversity, you know. So, so this is the informational advantage that groups have, right? So you have many different kinds of people, all of whom receive different signals. The way that economists uh, or game theorists model it is that each person receives a signal. It could be noisy. It's not a perfect signal. Each juror receives a signal whether the uh, defendant is guilty or innocent. But they pick different things. No, but they have to vote guilty or uh. not guilty. And the idea is that you should you should take everybody's opinion because that uh, estimator, that, that aggregator in which you take everybody's opinions is, is better than taking one individual's opinion. And when opinion. you say better, you mean fair? No, no. It's more likely to be accurate. It's more likely to... See, there is one... There is one common objective here. You want to acquit the uh, innocent and convict the guilty. Correct. Nobody knows who that you nobody knows whether the guy is guilty or innocent. Correct. So depending on your signal, right, you get some information. So you are could groups still better be at
0: processing imperfect information? No, no. So
1: so it's the Condorcet jury theorem and the sorts of things mm. that both of you were saying is that if you have if, if if you if you take in the opinions of everybody, then you're more likely to 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 get an efficient decision now here is a caveat here is a problem mm-hmm. that if agents are strategic then you may not reveal your signal properly right so for instance i ha- so, so here is a kind of logic that right. uh, you know that you that a juror might go through in his or her mind and again in in relation to uh, the, the 12 angry men so so i have received uh, a no, uh, you know, I have I have received the no signal. I, I mean, you know, that the guy is not guilty, right? And I say, should I be truthful? Should I say, you know, should I vote no? And the idea is that suppose, um, well, suppose you know, you have you know, what's the standard rule for juries that if everybody you have to be unanimous, right? right. Uh, so that I say, look, the only situation where I my vote will will matter for every 11 other guys say yes, and I say no, right? So, and that's a very unlikely event. So, I, I'm sure, you know, so so, so let me not vote truthfully. So, what I'm saying is there are powerful arguments for not being truthful, you know? So, so that adds another layer of difficulty to this. If, if, if people were truthful, it is certainly the case from a statistical point of view that you're better off by having everybody's opinion. Are
0: there ways of making people more truthful in groups?
1: Well, <laughs> are there ways of
0: trying to ensure that people are, yes? Not well, only.
2: in the context, uh, I, I don't think about juries, though if actually people lie, it's a very small group. But in cases where Vidya mentioned as well, when you have a group and they have to cooperate, right. there will be free riders right? Uh, who would just make use of it. And then even when you play games, for example, there will be free riders. Right. So one effective way which people have seen is to have some kind of a fair method of punishment. Which uh, sometimes, as we know, even when we people play games like ultimatum games, for example, uh, if people make an unfair offer, uh, others make an unfair offer, people are willing to use their own resources to punish them. Right. Actually, in uh, game uh, scenarios, so. So people do think, in general, that some amount of punishment, uh, which to some extent, I don't think it will eliminate the deception problem uh, completely. I don't think it can be eliminated in a practical sense completely at all. But having a fair method of assessment and providing immediate and immediate and appropriate punishment uh, to some extent works. Uh, so Elena Rostrom, for example, worked on the Um, the commons commons problem have shown in our experimental work that if you have these methods uh, set up where you have groups they collectively take decisions work out fair assessment methods of assessment, have appropriate punishment, then the problem, the governing the commons problem is
1: uh, ameliorated.
2: um, Yes. uh, At least in practical sense. Mm. Well, the theoretical problem remains, but in practice you can uh, achieve quite a bit with it. So that's isn't one an, possible method.
3: Isn't another assumption of the Condorcet's problem also that each individual should have an equal probability of
1: independence? So I mean, I, I mean, there is the aggregation problem, and there is also the problem. I mean, the, the original Arrowian problem, which is not a problem of information aggregation at all. It's right. a question of uh, the aggregation of preferences right so in one case groups are not good news in the other case they are good news
0: so it's good news in the case of aggregating information information
1: and if people are non strategic if you you know groups are groups just because everybody is getting an independent signal that's the idea it's, why do not we go back simple. to
0: the same question arunav how does one prevent systems getting gamed how does one prevent you know non strategic behaviors there but how do you uh, reduce it
1: no, so 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 you know, this is the area of so-called mechanism design, where people are, are, you know, the sort of the area that I'm interested in, or that I work on, which is basically to incentivize people to to not to, for instance, to free ride, uh, for instance, um, uh, to to bid truthfully, and so on and so forth. So this is a huge. Uh, and complicated literature. Like and like incentivize and via what? By payments, for instance. Uh, you know, you pay people. There is a mechanism called the VCG <laughs> mechanism, right? In which. Uh, the Vickery. The Vickery Clark yeah. Groves yeah. Uh, mechanism, in which you try and incentivize people to reveal their valuations uh, truthfully. Let me give you an example from auction theory, right? So suppose all of us.
0: So there you uh, just choose the second option. You choose the, the second price auction. You yeah, know, that's yeah.
1: the, 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 the Vickery auction, uh, actually, the VCG. Uh, a, a auction if you will yeah, yeah. Uh, and and there people uh, you know have no incentive to to lie. But but if I may just return to one point that we th- that we had done uh, that we had uh, that had come up earlier, herd behavior is not irrational behavior from the point of view uh, of, of, of game theorists and particularly these models. It's perfectly rational for you by herd behavior. What you mean, you know, what we what I mean specifically is that I receive a particular signal, and I choose not to respect that signal. I receive a signal that this is a good restaurant, but I choose instead to abandon. And my signal and follow what everybody because else is doing because even
0: that is a signal
1: isn't no it? because those are the signals that other people have received they but you know if
0: I'm in a the cinema theatre and there's fire and there are two exits then it probably doesn't work right because everybody runs to the same exit door
1: well, I mean... I mean so this, those are, is those no... are
0: different situations. The emergency is almost there. Yeah, Yeah,
1: but there is no information. So so, yeah. so, so I'm in a stock market, right? I mean, if I see everybody, you know, selling the stock of, uh, you know, Company X, I may have uh, heard that, uh, you know, Company X is actually uh, done pretty well. But I see everybody... But I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not sure. I've, I've, I've heard, you know, my information is that they've done well. But I see a thousand other people rushing to sell. I feel that I must be wrong so their decisions are rational.
0: So there are it's, decisions in so their decisions, decisions and maybe situations of extreme loss or situations of fear of life or things like that are probably different.
1: I mean, I, I I would say they're consistent with what's called Bayesian rationality uh, or whatever, you know, so it's it's uh, th- there's nothing pathological, nothing unusual. There's nothing that uh, anybody is doing which is uh, contrary to their own interests or anything like that.
2: Uh, yeah, but we also, I guess, need to make a distinction between two types of situations. We are now talking about a situation where an individual takes a decision and we are looking at how groups... Uh, influence your individual decision making, uh, but the other issue we are talking about is how group as a so group—that's
0: the collective consensus. Huh, decision there, as that a that collective, we,
2: we take certain decisions, whether to elect somebody as president, whether to do something. So the, the decision is going to be binding on everyone.
1: That's the Arovian setup. You're, it's aggregating preferences, and their diversity does not help because if you allow for you know unlimited diversity. Uh, there will be random outcomes They will be chaotic outcomes you know in which uh, you know you can't choose and so on for instance if you use majority rules suppose I say I'm always going to use the majority then I will generate certain situations where group decision making becomes uh, you know intractable becomes impossible to implement how Uh, do
0: animals decide with their do they just like do some form of voting and just the majority wins and it, it, it's, it's all so beautiful and elegant thereafter or even it, that's chaotic?
3: It again depends on social structure. So as I said, So if there's with, a
0: large herd of, let's say, whatever, um, 10,000 animals or whatever will be. So it whatever. depends
3: on the animals. So if you had the bee swarm, there mm-hmm. you have everybody having, or at least a large number of the scout bees that went out, come back and uh, signal to the others. Sure. But you also have species where there is a leader. And that leader may have a greater say in what the group is going to do. It also depends on what kind of decision is going to be made. Because you can have decisions where, for instance, a group has to choose between going to patch A and patch B, where only one of the two
0: can... It's a binary choice. Exactly. Yeah.
3: On the other hand, you can have a decision where you decide how much time to spend in a patch. So here, it's a more continuous, uh, there are more continuous choices available
0: Yes. So yeah so there
3: the scope for negotiation which is not really the case in the first one once you have a majority of the animals uh, pointing signaling that they want to leave the group might leave even if the leader wants to do otherwise
1: so i wanted to ask is is this a, some sort of evolutionary process rather than a decision making process i mean people ha- you know bees have found that by adopting certain rules they are more likely to find honey or or whatever uh, rather than them making conscious choices i mean it's uh, I, I, I don't know i mean is it i mean is this an evolutionary uh, perspective okay I, I,
3: I mean i'm not saying that it's a conscious choice I see. all that you need to do for the process to work is that bees follow these rules I see. and other bees inherit Just in bees.
1: game theory you would distinguish you know between an evolutionary approach mm. where and and a, and, a, and a fully um rational right. decision-maker, right. you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, another interesting in the- issue that Vidya pointed out is that uh, we even take decisions about what constitutes as choices. So, for example, in the case of Brexit, for example, it was given as a two-alternative forced choice. Right. It, has, it has to be either A or B. Right. So there was no other option available. So one of the interesting issues is that sometimes – Uh, we constrain or we make the problem difficult by limiting our various ways of either constraining the number of options and all that. And that itself is another interesting decision problem that what constitutes, uh, as she said, patch A, patch B. So so you're
0: saying that if there were an option like undecided, it it, it brings out The collective revealed preference or whatever in a better way. Well, interestingly, in
2: this example, I think if uh, there was an unsure option, uh, (laughs) a lot of people may have gone for the unsure option, because but even though they are they were unsure. No, but why
0: doesn't the unsure option get equally split between the two? Is the question right? We do not know that.
2: Uh, it is not necessary that That's there the is question.
1: but typically framing I mean this is ah. individual decision making rather than rather than group decision making but individual decision making experimentally uh, it has been shown that it's very sensitive to the way in which you frame the questions for instance yeah. uh, there's simple questions like uh, you know the default option makes a tremendous difference I, yeah. I think there's a famous study I think in Germany and Austria which are very similar cultures uh, about whether you want to give your organs uh, you know, for donation post mortem, and 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 there's a huge variation between the two countries, and it's basically to do with the default option. In one case, the default option is is that you will donate, in the other one, you have to consciously mm-hmm. choose that option. So, so,
2: just to go back to this Brexit example, the question was, do you want to leave? yes or no. So if people have a tendency to, slightly more tendency to say yes rather than no, yeah. <laughs> then... You're saying, you're saying irrespective of the nature of the question? Yes, because, the, <laughs> yeah, he's right, because we all have yeah. default yeah. modes or some ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And defaults are not always 50-50. So uh, uh, if you have to take a decision and if one of the choices is essentially do nothing... But that is something that people may go for uh, rather than, you know, doing something which is completely different. So yeah, I think that so also... So how, how ne-
0: does one design a mechanism like that? If it's, so this is if a it's class- stay, leave, or do nothing, how, how do you treat do nothing?
1: So this is a classic example of a voting rule which would violate the Aerovian independence criterion, right? So the choice between leave and remain should not depend on your choice preferences over your third choice right so uh, so mm-hmm. unsure right so suppose i have to rank these i i have to say uh, unsure first remain second uh, leave third or a- any of these three alternatives right so so in fact uh, there is uh, you know the Arovian assumption of independence would say that my choice between leave and remain should be completely independent of unsure and, and 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 as you point out i mean it may or may not be legitimate to do so you may have uh, reasons but that doesn't for...
0: sound like real life at all arunav i mean this is mathematics you know we <laughs> have
2: <laughs> i mean one i mean one option that uh, at least has worked in a limited context let me mention it uh, because phil tetlock and barbara mellers uh, they have ha- worked on forecasting. And they last few years, they have been working on a project called a Good Judgment Project. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they have done is that they have asked a lot of people, ordinary people, not really experts, to make decisions about what is going to happen in this country or that country, political, economical, and so all that. So these are that. reasonably big questions. Uh, various questions, hundreds of questions. They had hundreds of subjects and later, they uh, extracted a subset of them and called them super forecasters. It turned out I was one of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then they put us into groups, small groups of 12, various conditions. But the general finding that came out was the small groups, and they aggregated it using a particular aggregation algorithm, which the algorithm is not important, but these super forecasters. Turned out they ended up doing better than prediction markets as well as experts in, uh, for example, if the questions were about defense or intelligence experts in U.S., the super forecasters, even though they were mostly ordinary people in some sense, but they all beat them. That's a beautiful
0: question, right? So when do sizes of groups matter? So is it's working because the group size is limited?
2: Or it's working because the nature of your attention is different? Multiple things. Uh, The group size probably matters in the sense that this particular tournament they allowed, they manipulated, although I was in only one of the conditions, but I think they manipulated different kinds of interactions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think in general, interactions were better than no interactions. Right. Uh, the group sizes were not very big, but they did use aggregation algorithms. But so, did you
0: experience uh, that the quality of interactions change the quality of your
2: thinking about these questions? It does, because one, as we talked about diversity, different people do Google search, find different pieces of information. They will come put it in that website where we all can share and look at the information. Right. Somebody will hear something, find something, and uh, then... The other important thing is that the decisions that we were asked to make was never binary. So we were directly asked to give a probability value between zero and one. So another interesting aspect is that that enabled us to give very nuance, so we would say sixty-two point six two point six five. 0.62, Something will come, we will revise it to 0.68. Right. So as evidence comes in, we were able to make revisions Uh, which are small and subtle. So it is not a binary decision-making problem. We actually gave probability values and a Breyer score was calculated depending on our probability values. So their argument is that that works better rather than asking people to say zero or one. You actually ask people to give a probability value. So a Brexit question would have been, how much do you think Brexit will help and us? And going back to the previous to uh,
0: framework, Narayanan, you think of all of these questions as cognition
2: problems, cooperation problems. These were cognition problems. Uh, they're all cognition problems. Uh, because we, all of us, in some sense, individually had to take our own decisions. So in a even way, though we were in a group, hmm. we were all putting our probabilities individually. Hmm. We had the chance to share our information. Based on the same information, everybody in the group actually gave slightly different values.
0: Yeah, so there was an element of
2: interaction and iteration. There was interaction uh, between us, but there was independence in terms of the decision. So still, we all had to take our own individual decisions. So it is more of a cognition problem. Uh, But we were allowed to interact, though. So this is not a case where uh, we were all doing separately. And and instead of groups of
0: 12, if you were groups of
2: 200, it wouldn't have worked, right? Well, I guess we all have limited attention span and a certain amount of limited capacity to work. Is
0: there a way in which, uh, that's so beautiful, uh, Naran, and is there a way in which herd groups and herd sizes have kind of settled around? And it's not like there are a fixed number of 31 elephants going together, so it's not like that. But is there something stable about group sizes and herd sizes? They depend on ecology. Mm -hmm.
3: So very often it depends on, how much resource is available to support a group of a particular size. Mm -hmm. And uh, so as I said, with fission-fusion societies, you can have a society that splits up and joins together. Correct. So here, depending on how resources vary, groups might uh, split up and uh, form smaller groups. Sometimes you have larger groups. Uh, Group size would also depend on competition between groups and within groups. So If you had larger groups, it helps with between group competition, while uh, larger groups also increase your within group competition. So depending on how resources are distributed. uh, And when you say competition, you mean
0: interspecies competition? No, no,
3: no. Within the species, between groups. Of individuals and within groups of individuals. So you're
0: saying the same species could compete for resources or grazing ground or something like that? and They do they all be- the time.
3: So individuals are competing with one another for access to food, for access to mates and so on. So, But
0: roughly in the same forest or the same jungle or the same similar biosphere, yeah, are there different packs of elephants?
3: Yeah, yeah. There are different clans. And they
0: actually think of them as different clans. Yeah. And they so don't... So
3: you, you can find very different... Interactions between individuals that are part of the same group versus individuals that are part of different groups. Uh, That is very marked. So in group living animals, you will often find this uh, group identity and individuals will behave very differently with individuals from another group.
0: Oh, yeah. And do all the elephants behave similarly all around the world? No, no, not at all. Uh, there, there so, if you are al- work on elephants in India, where you don't have any unfair advantage on elephants in the savannas. No.
3: Well, the African savanna elephant uh, has diverged from the Asian elephant more than seven million years ago. That's more than between humans and chimps. So, there's no real reason to think so that they're almost they two would different be similar. Species. They are different species. They are different genera. Oh, huh. yeah. yeah. That's very
0: interesting. Yeah. Why don't we go back to this question that we were on earlier, and uh, Nara and you brought it up. Is it a good idea to have prediction markets for everything? If we aggregate information in a manner which is somewhat interactive, which is somewhat... Are groups the best way of forecasting?
1: Surely, at, at one level, you know, if, if individuals... In a way, that's
0: what underpins the whole idea of a market. Um,
1: sure. I mean, in the sense that if information received by members of the group are independent then there is something valuable, right? Right. But if they receive the same information, you know, for instance, if you're hooked on to the same social media network and you're receiving the same message from all your friends (laughs) who are part of the same network, then you, you know, then you get nothing, so you know what is critical here is independence. Uh you know that the signal that you get the statistical signal that you get signals. about the truth. Yeah, I mean so you, so the fundamental model is that there is a there is a true state of the world and depending let's say good or bad and depending on whether it's good or bad each person gets a signal. Right? So I'm you know we we may you know we may get a signals if it's good that it, you know that it's good, but you may also get a signal that it's bad. I mean, it's it's statistical, right? So, you know, that's one model. I mean, I'm I'm just uh, you know that's the way we often model these things. But the point is that if these signals that you get are 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 drawn independently in the statistical sense, right? So then, in that case, uh, it's good to have more. Where signals. are you on
0: the previous question, Arun? Of group sizes. Yes. Because if if signals are independent, sure, done. So, I mean, our larger groups always better?
1: The, yeah. So then, you know, straightforward <laughs> probability of statistics will tell you that, you know, that the, the, the larger, the better. I mean, you know, the more likely that you are of being correct. On the other hand, if you take the Arovian perspective, then, uh, you know, when you're aggregating, you know, just preferences which are already given, then 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 larger groups are, it's easier to construct more chaotic so again,
0: it's that distinction between preference ordering and information aggregating.
1: Yeah, it's two different perspectives. It's sure. two different. Uh, it's 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 two different, not perspectives. It's two different problems. Yes, you know, yes, it's two different yes. problems. Uh, you know, it's it's just that in India, I mean, you have different preferences, and you know, finding a common agenda is going to be harder the larger the country is. You know, and some. I mean, that doesn't seem like you know terribly deep or insightful, but that's true. On the other hand. You know, if each of us gets independent information and then we can make a collective decision which, which uses the information of every different individual, then we'll do better. So there are two different problems and you have two radically different answers.
2: I mean, there are also situations where... Uh, different people make different decisions. Mm. And especially if it's large number, I don't think we can have deliberation and all that. It's not practical anyway. Sure. Uh, but the other issue is sometimes we are not simply interested in taking a decision. We are also interested in uh, converting the other person uh, to the same point of view. Right. Right? So it is not simply the case. Then we are not simply Persuition. interested in aggregation. We are interested so in persuading you. it's not self-centered. It's other-centered. Because there are other subsequent decisions which is going to be important that I persuade you. There right. are downstream further decisions, right. perhaps. So in that case, then I would want to deliberate and then I would like to persuade you to see a particular point of view, uh, which does happen, for example, in juries. So it's not simply to say that my decision is yes or no, but then you also try to persuade the other person, actually this person is guilty or not guilty, and you bring in evidence and you deliberate. Sure. sure so in sure. those cases, you are not simply interested in uh, aggregating them, you are also interested in uh, Whatever the true reality of the world is, the correct thing is. <laughs> so what's so, that? Whatever so so that, that is.
1: is. I mean, the process of <laughs> deliberation, I would say, is is uh, or or let's put it the other way. You know, revealing your signal or aggregating your signal is 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 shorthand for saying that you persuade. Yeah. Uh, your opponent saying, you know, I know this to be uh, true, and and I, I mean, I think that my uh, information is likely to be. Uh, more accurate than yours and so you should believe me and mm-hmm. you know i'm the expert or something like that so I'm, that's interesting so, why
0: don't we spend the last five minutes thinking about the future the future of how we might come to and you know this is obviously a very unconstrained question and we have to kind <laughs> of put this in a specific context so are we likely to be voting differently are we likely to likely to be taking collective decisions in a manner which is fundamentally very 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 different from the Way and manner in which we do it today. But I think
2: I in don't the think there will be one single answer to this question because as human beings we face different kinds of problems. So voting is one problem. If electing a prime minister or a president is one problem, but uh, deciding as a family we, uh, which house to buy is a different kind of a problem. So right. I don't think there is w- going then, to be one simple solution or method that we will use for all kinds of our group decision making problems we may, I guess, eventually find out or maybe in the process of finding out which kind of strategy works better for which kinds of problems. Then different kinds of problems may need different kinds of methods, different kinds of group sizes. So I guess there will be a lot of variability. Without I mean, a doubt. With
0: for example, with they have some of the animals that we've spoken about, have they been foraging and hunting in more or less the same way for thousands and hundreds of thousands of years?
3: I wouldn't Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, we wouldn't know for sure. <laughs> but uh, we do expect, uh, based on the socio-ecological theory, that animals form groups based on... But social on
0: structures and hierarchies, at least in the context of human beings, mm-hmm. that's changing all the time, right? I and mean, so
3: It depends on ecology. So, I don't think humans are changing, uh, I mean, in a very surprising way in some sense in sure. the sense that uh, when you have a s- situation where you have to cooperate uh, everybody is equal every, there's an egalitarian society but on the other hand if you have resources that can be monopolized then you very quickly get the formation of dominance hierarchies Yeah. and uh, in some sense I think after agriculture began humans have essentially gone down that path from hunting gathering where uh, it was probably more egalitarian uh, now it's not egalitarian because you have the surplus of resources and you can have some individuals... Which you can have property rights over, so there's an element monopolize. of monopolizing and yeah.
0: dominating and so on and so forth. So well, that's interesting. I think that's a good note to end this on. Thanks to all of you for making it, and we look forward to having you soon again. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank okay. you. Thanks a lot for Thanks having us.